Welcome to the College Scoops podcast. I'm your host, Moira McCullough, and today we are talking with Vicki Wallweiler about having the finance talk with your student earlier rather than later when preparing the college list. You know, then we run the risk of having to essentially at the last second tell our kids, sorry, you know, we just can't afford it. And, you know, much better to plan ahead and find the schools that are also going to be a good financial fit. This is the College Scoops Podcast, and I'm your host, Moira McCullough. We focus on everything college-related, from the admissions process to where to eat, stay, and explore on and around campuses. Our guests include founders, educators, authors, and experts in the college space. Join us as these experts share their knowledge, experiences, and lessons learned to help you have stress-free, informative, and tasty college journeys. Whether it's your first or last child going to college, or you're just interested in going to a college town for a game or meal, we've got you covered. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the College Scoops podcast to get the inside scoops on everything college-related, and leave us a review. Thanks to all of our sponsors, partners, and the entire College Scoops ambassador team for helping us bring valuable content to our community. If you would like to support College Scoops as a sponsor, please head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash college scoops and sign up as a sustaining listener, insider, or deluxe sponsor. We have exclusive benefits for our members, free eBooks, and even a College Scoops care package. Vicki Volweiler, founder of College Financial Prep, helps parents navigate their way through all things related to college and finances, including college financial aid, scholarships, and student loans. She's an expert at minimizing costs and reducing the need for student loans. Her practice focuses on helping those who cannot afford to spend $80,000 per year on the cost of college. As a proud member of the National Association of Divorce Professionals, and Vicki's a divorced mom herself, College Financial Prep is an expert when negotiating financial outcomes as it relates to extenuating circumstances such as divorce, separation, job loss, or widowhood. Welcome to the College Scoops podcast, Vicki. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You have two students. I have one who's graduate, a graduating senior from college. We have college students that are graduating. When is your student graduating? Next weekend, the 16th. It's a busy time for everyone. So thank you for taking the time today. You whole host of juniors that you're working with now. How do you start the whole process working with families and kind of prepping them with the right mindset about not only putting together a college list that is the right academic fit, but also looking at it from a financial fit. Well, yeah, I mean, there was one client that I was speaking with this morning and, you know, I was explaining, yeah, it's not all about, yes, we want our kids to have the best academic fit, the best social fit, but yeah, you have to consider finances because yeah, what if our children apply only to schools that cost 75 or $80,000 a year? And they don't get any merit scholarship money or they don't get any need-based aid. You know, then we run the risk of having to essentially at the last second tell our kids, sorry, you know, we just can't afford it. And, you know, much better to plan ahead and find the schools that are also going to be a good financial fit. Exactly. So how do you even begin the conversation? Where do you start with the parents? It depends. Some families will come to me and they don't have any ideas yet. Um, as far as what schools to apply to or what the, the child's interests are or, or, you know, where they're looking, you know, they're, you know, totally blank slate. Um, other families come to me and they know that, you know, themselves and their child, you know, they may have, you know, X number of schools already on their short list. 
but they're concerned about, you know, what the finances will likely look like. You know, in the first scenario, I can help them find schools that will likely be a good fit. We'll look at what the child's interests are in going to a college, um, you know, what potential major, what types of um, settings they're looking for, whether it's large campuses, small, you know, liberal arts schools, the school has to have a certain sport, you know, are they looking for a certain geographic region? But then we'll also dig into their, the family's personal finances. You know, I wanna know, is, is the child coming from a married family, a divorced family, you know, is there a widowed parent? Um, and dig deep, you know, what do their finances look like? Have there also been any recent changes? And I'm going to go in, you know, a lot of people have heard the term, you know, EFC, expected family contribution, you know, and I'll go in and help the family estimate what those numbers might look like. Take the child's interests in a college, take the family's personal finances and the schools that they're considering, and then also look at the child's academic accomplishments in high school and, you know, put together, you know, it's not an exact science, but get some estimates as to what each college will likely cost the family. You know, another thing that families don't understand is that it's possible for your neighbor that lives next door that has a child the same exact age as your child. And it's possible both children apply to the same college and ultimately you know, when they get their financial award letters, the costs looked at very different for both families, even though they live right next door to each other. So yeah, it's very important to go through this exercise and find the right schools. Because if you don't apply to the right schools, you know, you're, you're not going to find the savings. It all starts with this beginning step. As you said, a couple things, understanding how colleges award the aid and scholarships, because that's where I think the confusion starts, the uncertainty, understanding and having the expectations set right from the get-go and having somebody that you can help guide you through that process is stressful, but at least have some expertise behind that knowledge as a new parent coming into the whole college admissions process. Right. So what everyone needs to realize is that every school has different formulas. Every, you know, every school handles things differently. Each child is different and comes with their own, you know, grades and clubs and honors and backgrounds. And each family's finances is completely different. You know, and those three pieces all get put into the puzzle of what college will ultimately cost. And when you have these conversations, is it also something when you sit with parents sitting with students and kind of setting the expectations as a family as well? Minimize I totally that. that. Many families don't. And I am such a firm believer in having that conversation early on. Speaking with your kids about, you know, how much is saved up for the cost of college, you know, what you have and what you expect to be able to further contribute, you know, maybe what you want the child to also contribute towards the cost of college. You know, every family has different values, different goals, different, you know, ideas as to what's going to be best. But, you know, it's so important for everyone to be on that same page. So there's no disappointment at the end. And, and so there's no resentment, you know, from the kids. And it could cause so much heartache, so much better, you know, early on to speak together as a family and work towards that common goal. Having a college list where you feel good that those safeties, the match and the reaches are all schools that if you did get into, you would have the opportunity to attend. I like to say that you also need financial safeties in that list, but different schools, different colleges require different financial aid forms. And those financial aid forms ask different types of questions. And 
I'll work with clients to strategically plan what schools it might be best to apply to based on a family situation. Yeah, how to best position the, the family so they can maximize aid. Here, I'll tell you a funny the- story. I literally just worked with a client the other day who was concerned about you know the financial aid that was offered and they weren't really getting anything. And I went through their FAFSA form. Literally, there was something where they should have said yes, and they said no, and that threw everything off. It is so important to be so careful with those forms. We'll help families with the financial aid applications, uh, making sure all of those are, you know, the families are best positioned, everything is accurate, you know, we we go through everything together. Um, After that, typically there's like a verification process that we'll help with. And then also after the kids start to receive their acceptances to college, then they'll get what's called a financial award letter. From there, we want to analyze all of the financial award letters. Like even if the children aren't even considering going to some of those schools, because you may find like extra money and opportunities there. And it's it's good to talk through them and, and see what Um, possibilities there are. From there, we can appeal and negotiate. And, you know, if there's a a change in a family circumstance, it's possible to, to get more money. A lot of people think that by completing FAFSA, like that's it to financial aid, like that's how you get money. And it, it doesn't automatically work that way. Every school treats FAFSA differently. Some schools are more focused on need-based aid. Others, you know, focus more on giving merit scholarship money. You know, every school has a different formula. But, you know, there's, there's more to saving money on the cost of college than just completing a financial aid application. You know, it, it goes all the way from junior year all the way through the end of senior year and even into college. No, it's really an entire process that starts the beginning of, you know, in the middle or sometime during junior year. It goes all the way through to the end of senior year, you know, when the family needs student loans. Every year in college, The family still needs to complete the financial aid forms, definitely FAFSA, sometimes also CSS profile. And depending on the circumstances and what's happening in college, I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. Family that I was working with, separated family, they had three kids. One in, one was going to be a college senior, one a college junior, and then a rising college freshman. Ultimately, because of the three kids, literally in this change in circumstances and filing appeals, saved the family 50, like, oh, it was over $50,000. It was unbelievable, you know, just for the one year. So there are definitely opportunities, you know, that sometimes we don't always see. I, I mean, like, I don't even know if this exactly relates, but I got a car insurance bill the other day and I made some changes and I was going through it line by line by line and circling things. And like, sure enough, uh, you know, I saved a hundred dollars on my bill. And it's kind of like the same thing with college. There are opportunities to save. And we were looking at car insurance and there was several hundred dollars that you could save because our college students did not have the car at college. They were not driving. Sure enough, that was an additional savings that we had that we did not originally realize. To your point, looking at every aspect, not when you have the student leaving and going to college, what additional savings that you can have now that they're not at home, whether it's car insurance, whether it's transportation, bus fees. In terms of the financial award letter, can you share some components that one might expect and where you might look for additional opportunities for savings? Financial award letter may come work study. That's not a guaranteed form of... So, so you have to look at that. And if you see 2,500 associated with that, it's not a given. So be Uh, beware of that. Work study is that people 
assume that they're going to get it or it's going to go towards tuition. No, work study is money that goes into the student's pocket. It's like having a part-time job, you know, whether it's at the mall or whatever, but it's on campus and they get a paycheck every couple of weeks and it's money for the kids. It's like spending money. But I'm a huge proponent if kids can get work study or, you know, it doesn't even have to be through work study, a part-time job on campus. It gives, there's so many benefits to it. Um, The kids have experience to put on their resume, they develop time management skills. And and really when they're sitting there, they get time to do their homework. So work study is great. And what are some other areas of financial aid? You know, student loans is a big thing that comes up, you know, and that's towards the end of the process. Ideally, if the family is going to need student loans, we hope that it's subsidized loans, not the unsubsidized loans. But yeah, it's upfront. We really want to look for the, the merit scholarship opportunities and find ways to reduce the, the expected family contribution as much as possible. And the merit scholarships, are they always for the full four years? Is that something where it's merit aid for one year? And those are some of the little gotchas that you have to know? Yeah, totally varies. And it's very important to read the terms of and conditions of the, the scholarships that are offered. You know, some of them, you have to maintain certain grade point averages. And I was just having this conversation earlier with somebody. You know, I was one of those kids in high school where I never had to study for anything. And, you know, I always had grades in the high 90s. You know, boy, you get to college freshman year and it's not high school anymore. So is the child going to be able to maintain whatever that GPA is? It's hard. It's a hard transition. You know, what if a child needs to maintain, and I'm making this up, a 3.3 GPA and they get a 3.2. Can the family still afford to send the child to college there? You know, it's very important to consider what if. And I think those are the discussions that you recommend that parents have, students have as a family unit as well. Definitely prior to sending in that deposit, you know, making that commitment that you're going. Those are some of the discussions and questions that you would ask. Can you sustain that GPA? Well, happens if you can't sustain that GPA. Right. Can you afford it for the next three years, not one year? Right. Are there any other top three bits of advice that you would give to a junior family as they're launching into the summer and and starting to gather their college lists? Top three. Uh, The first one I can't stress enough. Um, I think it's a quote from Benjamin Franklin. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Plan early. I'd rather, you know, a family start exploring all the schools now, doing their research, you know, figuring out as best as possible what their likely costs are, taking all of their factors into consideration, because it's so important to apply to the right schools. And I'm not talking about, you know, everybody should just apply to an in-state university, you know, no matter what state they're in. There are opportunities out there. Private universities can ultimately cost less than an in-state public university, but it's, it's important to research it. You know, and that's something that I, you know, that's something that I help with all the time. You know, we started to talk earlier, communication is so important. I mean, it really is a way to save money. You know, otherwise the child can guilt you into, but really I want to go to the $80,000 school. That's where I need to go. All my friends are going there. I mean, to save money, you need to have that conversation early on and set expectations. It was interesting. We had a student who is finishing up his master's degree on our podcast uh, yesterday, and he talked about how he has paid for his college, both undergraduate and graduate now. And he's a first-gen student and how he didn't have the family support that many students have. And he just talked about the fact that the private schools 
as you had just alluded to, the private schools actually sometimes have more aid and are less expensive than some of the larger public schools. The the private schools tend to have larger endowments available. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, with COVID and everything going on, there have been a lot of budget cuts with the state schools and 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 state schools, you know, even in-state schools do award merit scholarships. Um, they're certainly not at the same level as a private school because typically the schools cost much less, but they are there. But, you know, also in general, they can't afford to give as much money. You know, it's just not possible. A, a lot of times people will apply to an out-of-state public university and then they wonder why they're not getting, you know, why more money isn't being given to them because we're dealing with a state school. If they had researched early on as opposed to, you know, committing to that one school, yeah, there would be more opportunities for savings. To me, it kills me when it's the 11th hour and a parent calls and says, you know, my child decided they're going to this school, what can we do now to save money? You know, it is so hard at that point. You know, really, it is a whole process that, that ideally starts junior year. I mean, yes, can things be done along the way? Yes, of course, but to, to maximize, you know, junior year is best. And then you mentioned too, with the appeals process, can you just kind of walk through that and some tips and strategies for appealing? Well, there are two flavors kind of, you know, one is negotiating. And then the other is if there's a, a change in household circumstances, you, you know, I liken it to being an attorney, no matter what it is, you want to build a solid argument. Why, why should the school be willing to give you more money? Does that process, is it a long process that families uh, are waiting for? Or typically, what is the normal time we, frame for if they, you are appealing? There is no normal time frame. Um, okay. I literally had one client, they heard back in 24 hours, they saved $10,000 a year, total $40,000, and they heard back in 24 hours, and it was fabulous. You know, other clients, it has not been that quick. And depending on how big the appeal is and what's going on, you know, it can take a few weeks. Ideally, there are a couple of clients that came to me late, you know, and May 1st is college decision day. And some, you know, candidly are still outstanding right now. And I had to advise the clients to make sure that, you know, maybe they wanted to put down deposits at both schools that they were considering because, you know, we're, we're still waiting on, you know, one of the appeals. And when we talk about the appeals. And then we're also talking about wait lists too. In this scenario, we have many students that are on wait lists that are typically the thought is, is going to go throughout the summer too. The caution to that you would have for families is dig deep and make sure that if you do get that acceptance that you can afford it. The students that are waitlisted typically are not the top academic applicants to that school. So, you know, they likely wouldn't qualify for merit aid, but, you know, perhaps need-based aid, depending on, you know, the, the school and their policies. Um, but yeah, the wait lists are hard. You know, you still need to, you still should put down a deposit at another school and, you know, make the plans that you need to make to ensure that your child's, you know, ready for fall. Being prepared and making sure that you have a place to go. Any other parting tips, Vicki, that you have actually for st- for students as well in terms of finances. I know when I launched my oldest off to school, I said to him, 
yes, you know, go and meet people, get engaged and um, do the best that you can academically. But I also gave them the deadline of you need to get a job by Thanksgiving or we'll have a discussion. But I think you mentioned it earlier, you know, having a job is just so important, just time management, um, having that extra spending money and having money to pay for books, supplies, et cetera. Any advice that you have for students on from a financial standpoint? Definitely. One would be, be flexible, be flexible with the college that you attend. It doesn't have to be the, the brand name school that everybody talks about. There are great opportunities at every college, you know, no matter where the student attends, you know, it's up to the student to go and find those opportunities. And that's going to be true no matter what school you go to, no matter where you are, you know, seek out professors, seek out internships, seek out research opportunities at the schools, a school that you may not be have considered, you know, may have wonderful opportunities for you. So, you know, don't go just by the brand name. Really, the, the whole goal, I, I hope that people minimize their need for student loans. It's so hard on the students and the, you know, the parents are potentially jeopardizing their retirement income. The students are potentially jeopardizing, you know, being able to buy a house, get married, start a family, you know, with student loans hanging over their head. You know, I hope, I I hope that we minimize the need for that. Do you also, when you talk with the students too, and and this, I remember speaking with one parent who actually is, is also a financial professional and the discussion was also around majors. I mean, if you have a, a a child who wants to be a teacher, you know, a financial consideration there, it's, you know, looking at the schools and maybe not spending that 80,000 for X school, but going to a very good state or smaller school that is specializing in education. And it's maybe 40,000 less. Well, definitely, because ultimately with those two teachers and yeah, teaching is one of the examples that I use because ultimately those two teachers are going to come out of college. Um, They're going to be taking the same licensing exam. They're going to go work in the same school district and get paid the same amount of money. But, you know, which one has the greater return on investment? You know, the, the one that paid less for college. But then perhaps there's another student, and I'm making up an example, you know, and this student, you know, who's going into a specialized field and, you know, maybe medical research or something. You know, there may be a limited amount of programs that can get this student to where they want to be career-wise and earning potential and whatnot, you know, maybe it would make more sense for that student to take out student loans because, you know, that'll catapult their earnings to, you know, a set level that another school might not be able to. And they'll be able to pay that back in a shorter time frame. A teacher is going to take them forever to try to pay back 260000 right. Definitely. So it's important to consider the the child's you know, future and where they want to go and, you know, their potential major and whatnot. I also like to point out, I remember my oldest, when he received one of his acceptances, it was 15,000 worth of uh, merit aid. And, but the school was 20,000 more than the next school that he was looking at. <laughs> one thing I do is I have a, um, I developed a, I'll call it a spreadsheet, you know, a worksheet, you know, mm-hmm. that makes it very easy for, you know, myself and clients to compare apples to apples and, and, and see what's what. And also know that it's just not the tuition, room and board, transportation, other expenses that factor into the cost of attendance that you need to be prepared for. So Vicki, what do you wish you knew before you attended college? I was pretty good. I mean, I'll tell you, my father was an accountant and a tax lawyer. So I was pretty good as a kid, you know, in terms of finances. No, I, I mean, I'll tell you, I went for grad school. I have my MBA from Syracuse University and I went on full scholarship plus stipend. So 
Yeah, I kind of, you know, knew what I was doing back then. You know, NYU, I would have had to pay full boat for. Um, but yeah, full scholarship post stipend. And, you know, that's what I felt made sense for me. Do you have any favorite dessert places that you recommend or food places at a college campus? Well, my son, I didn't visit it, but I know he told me about Yukon and the ice cream there I hear is fabulous. I think I went there many, many years ago. It should be on my bucket list to get back there and try that because I am from Connecticut. So Vicki, thank you so much for coming on our show today and sharing all that helpful advice to help juniors and, and families as they get ready for the summer and start to delve into putting together a college list or uh, start to fine tune it with some helpful financial tips. Thank you. I'm so glad I was able to be here with you today. Thank you, Vicki, for joining us today to help educate us about the importance of looking at financial fit when starting your college search. Having a discussion with your son or daughter early on about any financial constraints that might be applicable when putting together a college list is important and do it earlier rather than later. Working with a financial expert can help reduce the stress by knowing ahead of time what the potential cost of attendance may be at particular colleges. Make sure to review the financial award letters thoroughly as you may find additional opportunities for savings. You can find all of our show notes and links to the helpful resources mentioned throughout our conversation on our website at collegescoops.com slash podcast. You can learn more about Vicki and College Financial Prep at collegefinancialprep.com. Please take a couple of minutes to rate, review, and subscribe to College Scoops. Thank you for listening to our College Scoops podcast. Our entire College Scoops team strives to make the college journey a little bit easier, less stressful, fun, and tasty by sharing all the inside scoops we have curated along the way. We would love to hear from you about topics to cover and your ideas on everything college related. Reach out to us at collegescoops.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.